Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 926 of the Juicebox podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with Kelly, who was diagnosed at the age of 49 years old with type 1 diabetes and Hashimoto's. Kelly's children have a number of medical issues as well, and we spend a good part of the conversation talking about digestive issues, which affect so many people, and how your insulin works. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Speaking of bold, why don't you get yourself some great sheets at CozyEarth.com. Save 35% at checkout with the offer code JUICEBOX. Take care of your mental health at BetterHelp.com forward slash JUICEBOX, and when you use that link, you'll save 10% off your first month of therapy. And of course, a free five travel packs and a year's supply of vitamin D is what you get with your first order of AG1 with my link, athleticgreens.com forward slash juicebox. This episode of the Juicebox podcast is sponsored by AG1 from Athletic Greens athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box. You can start your day off with the same green drink that I do. The podcast is also sponsored by Cozy Earth. Cozyearth.com, the most comfortable joggers I've ever owned and sheets I've ever slept on came from Cozy Earth. Save 35% off your entire order every time you order from cozyearth.com when you use the offer code juicebox at checkout. Are you ready for me to start talking? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I said do it. Did you not hear me? <laughs> oh, oh, got you, got you. Okay. Well, hi. My name is Kelly, and I'm from Oklahoma. Well, I've lived here for almost 30 years. So I'm not really from here, but this is where I am. Um, I'm the mom of four kids. I just sent my last two to college last month, so I know you're an empty nester as well. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I was diagnosed as type 1 at the age of 49. And um, so it was seven years ago, almost seven years ago. Um, We have a history of autoimmune illness, but no one else had type one prior to my diagnosis. Kelly, you're 56 and all of your children are gone. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, it sounds amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, my oldest is 28 and my twins are 19 and I have a 25 year old daughter. Wow. Yeah. Wait, why is that freaking me out? Give me a second. I'm doing Gazintas. Uh, two takes me to 10 and then six more. So. I was 28 when I had my first one Thank and he's you. 28. Thank you. Yeah. That, yeah that's yeah. what I was doing. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, 28 plus 28 is 56. I know. Yeah. yeah Isn't that cool? Yeah. Well, it's, it, I don't know if it's cool, but it's, it's pretty predictable, Kelly. And I'm not sure why I didn't see it. <laughs> I'm a math girl. So, so you, you were know. 28 when you had your first. I was. Or you, yeah. Wow. How about that? Yeah. That seems so that's young, but seems late to me because of how young I was. That's, right. That's the part. Hey, how old were you? Oh, gosh. Well, Cole's 22 and I'm 51. So he was born in 2000, 91. I was 20. Actually, what am I doing? I was 29 when he was born. So oh, there you go. I don't know why this is striking me this way. 
probably because of my loose understanding of mathematics. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I, think that's what's <laughs> I still count on my fingers. It's good. I was just counting on my fingers just now, Kelly. <laughs> I literally majored in math in college and I count on my fingers. Did you really? What was your major? Mm-hmm. Math. Just mathematics. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay. It is funny. Yes. Um, so you said there was other autoimmune in your family. What was it? Well, at the time, my mom had vitiligo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my daughter, at the time I was diagnosed, she had just been diagnosed about a year before with lupus. She was about 17 when she was diagnosed. And then I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's um, about, I don't know, three months before I started having the issues with type one. Okay. All right. So there was, and, and how old's your daughter now? The one with lupus? 25. Has that changed for her at all over those years? Yes. How so? So, well, you know, and it's interesting because I have a son who I think has something lurking. We don't know what it is yet. Um, It's just, she flares a lot more often. Um, She's a nurse. She's in nurse practitioner school right now. Um, And you know, she's just exhausted a lot. And it was, she was always kind of in that way, even in college, you know, she'd get all ready to go out and then be like, I can't go. You know I mean? It really, you've heard that spoon analogy, I'm sure. I mean, that really was true for her. Um, but now if she has a long weekend or, you know, goes too hard, she's in bed. Mm-hmm. So it's tough to be her age and be that sick. She doesn't have a thyroid issue at all. Nothing diagnosed. Um, she has some food, um, Allergies, I would say definitely not diagnosed allergy, but like makes her so incredibly sick the second it touches her mouth. So whatever you want to call that. Um, and so does one of my sons. So, so no a, thyroid yet. A fair amount of allergies, but has her thyroid been tested? You know, I do not know. And I'm going to ask her that question. I would love to know that. Okay. Yeah. I will find out. I would like to know if her TSH is over about two, 2.1. And if it is. I'd like somebody to treat her for thyroid issues and consider giving her a a T3 supplement if the T4 doesn't bring her energy back. Okay. I will have her check. And, you know, my son who has the energy issues as well, his thyroid was checked and it's normal. Um, So you have to be careful about what that means. Oh, I know. (laughs) I do. Yeah, because the doctor will tell you it's in range, but that doesn't mean anything. Like, hold on a second. Thyroid normal range. I'm Googling. Yeah, it's like point on your TSH, it's like 0.3 to 5. It's a pretty big range. Then mine's 0.4. Yeah. And then I just, I don't know. Like, I think that, I think that a lot of doctors do the it's in range thing and your thyroid's four or five. That's not enough medication. Like, you're not taking enough medication if you, if you're, if yours is four. And Mine's point four. Oh, point four. You, I'm on oh, the other oh, you're, end. You're towards hyper. Right now I am. I see. So your medication's too strong? I don't have any medication. Really? See, that's the thing. So I was on thyroid medicine back in my 20s. Right. And then when I was pregnant with my son, um, they took me off of it. So 28 years ago, I have not been on medicine for 28 years. Hmm. And so and that was an endocrinologist that took me off of it. And... um 
so then all these years, it was just, sometimes it's high, sometimes it's low. I mean, I just kind of would, would go back and forth. So yeah. finally got, you know, diagnosed with Hashimoto's. Well, I'm my number. And every time I go, he's like, you're in range, you're in range. Well, I have huge goiter. I've got, um, probably 10 nodules. Um, you know, they're like nine millimeters, eight millimeters, seven and a half. I mean like big ones. Right. And, um, they do the biopsies and all that stuff, but they don't ever do anything to treat it. So it used to be like 0.8. And like, if you look at my trend, it's getting lower and lower. And they never and talk, they never talk about addressing the thyroid. No, I mean, my guy's retired, not retiring, but he's switching over to the VA and I'm getting a new one mm-hmm. starting next month. Um, but no. And I'm like, what I've read says that it's, working harder and harder and getting bigger and bigger. I look like Jeremiah the bullfrog. Um, I'm not that bad, but I painted I mean, too much is- of a bombastic picture, Scott. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's noticeable. Let's just say right. that. Um, and, um, you know, it's getting bigger to stay in range and it's about to pop out of range. And then I don't know what they do. Yeah. I don't know either, but make sure you come back on the podcast after you find out. Okay, Kelly. I will do that. So, all right. So you've got some sleepy kids and some kids who don't eat some things because they have bad allergic reactions. Same two kids. Yeah. Same two kids. Um, And then you are 49 when you're diagnosed with type one. Yes. And I had meningitis. Kelly, uh, what do you live in a sewer system? Stay somewhere. What's going on? How'd you get meningitis? I was in Mexico and I don't really know because my, I'm not married anymore, but my husband at the time, um, he didn't get sick, but everybody on that trip that we met, you know, you kind of meet people at the pool and you get to be friends with people, whatever. Um, everybody had something weird going on on that trip. None of it was the same, but just weird stuff that I remember. And, um, yeah, I came back and thought it was a migraine, took my medicine next day, took more medicine. I took three rounds of a triptan. And it was my daughter's graduation from high school and we were hosting a party and, you know, off I went to the party and <laughs> then I came home and started running a fever and, you know, they figured out it was meningitis. So. Kelly, can you hold on one second? <clears throat> yeah. This segment of the Juice Box Podcast is brought to you by the Mexican Travel Council. Go to, no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Oh, I was like, going, oh my God, how ironic is that? <laughs> I've got targeted ads for all your problems. No, I was just being sarcastic because, oh my God, you got meningitis in Mexico. I know, right? Ooh. Viral, not bacterial, or I'd probably be dead, but yeah. Ah, uh, okay. So, yeah. Jesus. And you're, <laughs> by the way, if people want to sponsor segments of the podcast, please contact me. I feel like I would do that. <laughs> yeah, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> can you imagine if you're in the middle of a conversation and I'm just like, can you hold on one second? <laughs> do you need a Casper mattress? Um, are you tired like Kelly's daughter? A Casper mattress. I could see this working. Please get a hold of yes. me. No, no. Um, Okay, so the meningitis, how long did that take to to deal with? Um, well, I was in the hospital for several days. Um, I actually went to the ER the first time. My um, husband at the time was like, oh, we'll just take her home. She's fine. So I came home. And then he got up and went to work the next day and get any of my meds for me. And so then I was really sick that next day and went back to the doctor. And then that's when they admitted me. Um, I think I was there three or four nights. Um, and then, you know, they sent me back home and it was okay. I mean, you know, 
What's the chances that your ex got you the meningitis on purpose? <laughs> Percentage wise. Probably not, but Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you might I, know, I like we, I like by the way, how long have you been divorced? Um officially since February. Oh wow. How long have you been so separ- six months? Were you separated before that for long? Just like three months. Okay. All right. Because I, I it's lo- been about a year ago that he left. Like it was like the end of October. I was like, I can't do this. I see. Um, does that have anything to do with the health stuff? Um, you mean me getting sick? <laughs> I mean, the, the, was there something about, yeah, you having issues that, that impact? Cause you guys must've been married forever, right? We were married 20 years. Um, I had, uh, was married previously when I had my first two, my older two kids. Okay. Remarried, had twins and we were married 20 years. I see. Um, and yeah, no, that, you know, my health issues had nothing to do with us uh, getting divorced, but I'm not going to say they didn't probably lead to me not feeling so good sometimes. <laughs> so I don't want to make you feel badly, but I feel like I need to ask you. So how, how would the health stuff impact a relationship? There's a good question. Um, I think if you are um, a sick person, you know, where you have a sick mentality, I think that could really wear on a relationship. You know, if you're always complaining, always tired, always, you know, whatever, which is not my personality. He, he literally would say, I, I forget that you're a type one. I mean, he literally had knew nothing about my, really my disease or how it worked mm-hmm. um, because I just do it. So, but you didn't feel well and that impacted your personality? No, 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 no. I'm saying I think that could for somebody. No, it didn't impact mine at all. No, it had nothing to do with our separation and divorce. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. No. Um. All right. Sorry, I was. No. I was. I just raised four kids, and I didn't need to raise a fifth one. You know, I kind of got tired of that. Oh. Yeah. Hold on a second. Life is so cyclical, isn't it? Like, yes. like, like it's just, it's amazing. There's a moment when just, when we want to make a family and you'll look right through things like that. You're like, you know what? This person has a job. They're reasonable. No one's ever hit me. <laughs> He's handsome. Let's do it. And then later you're like, all that stuff I overlooked. I do not like this anymore. But we're raising these kids, so I'm going to ignore it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stick it out. Yeah, exactly. And then, oh, it's not uncommon, huh? So mm-hmm. did so, so did this correspond with your last kid going to college in some way? The twins, yes. Well, it was it was their uh, senior year in high school, and it was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back kind of situation. And I was like, if I don't do it now, it may not happen. Hmm. I'm I'm just going to do it. So I kind of felt bad for them. I did feel bad for them because it was their senior year, but I think overall it worked out well for them. And did you say something like, I'm getting you something for graduation? It's extra space in the garage. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, uh, so we can anyway. watch whatever we want on Sundays again, everybody. <laughs> Super yeah, exciting. Exactly. TV's free. Yeah. Refrigerator's right. full. Well, I am no sorry for the disillusion of your marriage. I feel badly about it, but I didn't want to. Oh, no. It was good marriages don't end. Y- you don't think? <laughs> well, some good marriages end, but mine, mine weren't great ones. <laughs> Kelly, uh, are you afraid that the next person you look at and say, hey, would you like to get dinner is just like, are you not good at picking people? I suck at picking people. Oh, 
Why? What yes, happens? I have a very consistent pick. I like narcissistic personalities. Tell me why. What? What? what, I, what God, do you... I don't know why. So uh, that is. Hold on a second. You want to try to find out together? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that I do. Have you never Googled it? <laughs> Why am I'm I... never doing this again, so I find it irrelevant. <laughs> narcissist use a range. I know what a narcissist is. Why would I be attracted to one? Oh. Ooh. Would you consider yourself to be strong, confident, and self-assured? Yes. Narcissists are often attracted to strong, confident, and self-assured women. There you go. This may seem counterintuitive. It is important to realize that the narcissist traits of grandiosity and confidence are really a mask for deep insecurity. So they want your, okay. So they, they want to suck the life out of you. No, now Kelly, that is not what this says. <laughs> now, if we're, if we're believing psychology today.com, which I don't see why we shouldn't. Um, the idea is, is that that narcissistic behavior is a facade because they don't feel that strong and so they want to surround themselves with people who do it's interesting that is interesting all right anyway let's be honest it's all about sex (laughs) (laughs) i don't care if anybody's narcissistic or not you know what i mean if you're on a good schedule you'll be okay all right kelly so what was it like getting diabetes at this age um, it was, mm, it was interesting. Um, you know, it was kind of one of those things that you just do, you know what I mean? Like you don't really have a choice. I think that's the, if you want to call it the beauty of type one, <laughs> you don't have a choice, but to address it head on versus mm-hmm. type two. I think a lot of times people talk themselves out of taking care of themselves. So you know, I kind of dove in head first. There wasn't a lot of education. Um, there wasn't the podcast. There wasn't, I was on like some online forum at, at one point. And I think I had about an hour education at my doctor's office. Um, I wasn't in DKA. So, you know, I actually got diagnosed at my physical. Um, and, you know, I mentioned I'd had the Hashimoto's and I started taking medicine and I was like, oh my God, I'm finally losing weight. This is so exciting. You know, and I hadn't quite put together that I was also going to the bathroom all night long and drinking a ton of water. Right. Um, so, you know, I kind of got diagnosed in the office. Now they should have picked it up, but they didn't. So like I went in for my, my nurse appointment and then that week I lost seven pounds. So when I went back in for the follow-up with the doctor, he's like, oh, you have type two diabetes. I'm like, oh, darn. Okay. You know, I mean, I didn't know any different. Um, And so um, that was for like a week that I thought I had type two. Right. Um, And I called a friend of mine. Well, actually, my ex-husband's in pharmaceutical sales. So he wanted me to talk to an endocrinologist that his group called on. So I called and they said, we can get you in in six months. I'm thinking, well, be dead in six months. That's not going to be very helpful. (laughs) So then I called a friend of mine whose son, uh, or not son, whose daughter goes to school with my twins and she's an endocrinologist. So she said, well, come in tomorrow. And I said, well, I'm leaving to go out of town. So I was going out of town. I came back a week later 
And that's when I saw her and the other doctor called me as I was on the airplane. And he said, you're supposed to be in my office today, but my nurse never called to tell you. So I went and saw both of them within 24 hours and had the same diagnosis from both. Um, And it was the positive ketones and um, uh, I can't remember what else they used at that point, but then they ran the lab test for the C-peptide and all that stuff. So are you telling me that you, I I feel like what you said a minute ago, I want to go back to it, which was because type two can't impact you and, and, you know, kill you in the moment that it's possible to just ignore it for a while or to not take it as seriously as you should right away. But type one demands of you that you pay attention immediately. And so you absolutely. And so you didn't have a, a choice, which, you know, some people still choose to ignore it, but, but so you felt like you didn't have a choice. And is it because of that, that you have this attitude about it? Or do you think it's your life experience that allows you to feel this way? Or because you're, you're you know what I mean? Yeah. You're really treating it like, oh, geez, now we got to paint this room. I'll go paint this room now. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's kind of how I treat life. I asked the robots to write an ad for Athletic Greens. Here's what I got. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Now, I'm supposed to say AG1, robot. You don't even know that. This episode is brought to you by AG1 from Athletic Greens, the ultimate daily all-in-one nutritional supplement that's perfect for busy, health-conscious people like you and me. Are you tired of juggling multiple vitamin supplements? Are you tired of juggling multiple vitamins, supplements, and protein powders? Look no further. AG1 has got you covered with 75 essential vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients. It's like having a personal nutritionist and a trainer in one convenient scoop. I don't know if that's true, but all right, keep going, robot. What do you got here? As a podcast host, oh, as a podcast host, let's see where this goes. As a podcast host, I'm always on the go. That's not true. And Athletic Greens has been a game changer for me. That is true. It's so easy to mix into water, smoothies, or even my morning coffee. Plus, it tastes great. I don't drink coffee, uh, but I do mix it into water, and it is really easy. AG1 is designed to support your body's energy, immunity, and recovery needs, so you can tackle your goals with confidence. And the best part? It's vegan, keto-friendly, paleo, and free from gluten, dairy, and artificial sweeteners. I've noticed a real difference in my energy levels and overall well-being since I started using AG1 from Athletic Greens, and I can't recommend it enough. That's actually true. So why wait? Invest in your health today. Visit athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box and podcast listeners get, well, how does it know this? And podcast listeners get five free travel packs and a year's supply of vitamin D all with your first purchase. Again, athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box. When you use my link, you're supporting the production of this podcast. Hey, your body and mind will thank you. It says that actually. Try <laughs> try AG1 today and fuel your performance both on and off the mic. Oh, that's really silly, but yeah, I, this is amazing. And seriously, I do love Athletic Greens. I drink it every day. It has made a big difference for me. And if you try it out, please use my link. I think you might like it too. You all may have noticed this week that I'm letting ChatGPT write the ads for fun. It's literally writing one right now. I'm just going to start reading it as it goes. This episode is brought to you by Cozy Earth, the premium bedding brand 
that's revolutionizing the way we sleep. Are you tired of tossing and turning in bed, struggling to get comfortable? It's time to experience the luxury and comfort of Cozy Earth bedding. Cozy Earth offers a range of high-quality bamboo sheets. I'm supposed to say viscous bamboo sheets, duvet covers, pillowcases, and even sleepwear. All of their products are made from the softest, most breathable, and temperature-regulating viscose bamboo fabric on the market. It's like sleeping on a cloud. I actually sleep on these sheets. It's like sleeping on a bed with really great sheets. But in fairness, I've never slept on a cloud, so I can't say for sure. I've been sleeping on cozy... Wow, I can't believe this. Watch this. I've been sleeping on cozy earth sheets for a while now. Absolutely true. And let me tell you, there's nothing quite like it. Also true. The softness and comfort are unparalleled. And I'm now sleeping better than ever. My God, this is all true. It reads my mind. Plus, their products are environmentally friendly and sustainably sourced. So I can rest easy knowing I'm making a positive impact on the planet. Also true. Uh, I had not thought of that, honestly, on my own, though. Cozy Earth isn't just about great bedding. They're about transforming your sleep experience. Their products are hypoallergenic, free from harmful chemicals, and perfect for those with sensitive skin or allergies. Actually, they also make great clothing, which it's not talking about here, but legit, I love my stuff from CozyEarth.com. Uh, oh, it says... <clears throat> And as a special offer for our listeners, Cozy Earth is giving you an exclusive discount of 35% on your... This here says your first order, but that's not true. Uh, you guys get 35% off your entire order every time you order at CozyEarth.com when you use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout. So um, now I'm supposed to say, trust me, once you've experienced the luxury of Cozy Earth, you'll never go back to ordinary betting. Uh, honestly, that that's true for me. Uh, so why wait? Upgrade your sleep experience and start enjoying the incredible comfort of Cozy Earth bedding. Visit CozyEarth.com and don't forget to use that promo code JUICEBOX at checkout to save 35% on your entire order. Uh, I'm going to just say it again. This thing is astonishing and frightening at the same time. My parents taught me early on. Kelly, we had, we had a little bit of a, uh, an audio lag. I'm sorry. You, you, I heard you say that's how I treat life. It is. Yeah. I think I learned early on um, from my parents that there's just certain things you can control and things that you can't. And if you can't control it, there's no point in stressing and worrying over it. You just need to deal with it. That's good advice. So that's just kind of how I was raised that we don't, you know, lament over things that we can't change. Do you have any kind of like psychological burdens from it like i know you're dealing with it in the day and you're taking care of it you know in the light of day obviously but it, it, does it weigh on you in the back of your mind um not terribly not as much as it probably should um you know this morning at 5 a.m i had 41 double arrows down that was a little scary <laughs> um but no i mean i live alone now because my boys just left for college um, and that stresses my circle out a lot. So I'm getting a service dog, um, cause that will make everybody feel better. I tend to have my lows more in the evenings at night when I'm home alone. Cause I'm real active in the daytime. Kelly, are you um, buying a dog yeah. you don't want so that your kids don't worry? <laughs> it's my mom and my best friend. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, I want the dog. I love dogs. Okay, I love okay. them. It's a great excuse to have one. Okay. Yeah. But, um, no, I just. I don't worry about it probably as much as, as I should. I mean, I'm 
I don't know. I mean, it is what it is, I guess. Do you get low every night? No, but I played like yesterday. I played two tennis matches and one at 10 in the morning. And then one, you know, I didn't finish till almost nine 30 last night and it was an hour, two and a half hour match. So, you know, I knew I was probably going to go low and then I didn't. And I was like, Oh, this is great. I woke up. It was at like one twelve at five this morning. I'm like, Oh, perfect. And I got back in bed and then within a few minutes, it was like 44 double arrows. I'm like, well, (laughs) maybe, maybe you woke up, maybe your body felt that fall before the CGM could catch it. That has been happening a little bit lately. Yeah. So you're happening. So you're falling faster. Yeah. What's your A1C? 6.5. And how about your variability? What do you shoot for? What's your range? Well, um, my timing range is not as good as I would like it to be, but it's um, like 70 to 130 is pretty much my goal. But I do have like a 40 point swing, it seems like. And I'd like that to be a smaller number. You see 170 more often than you want? Um, is that the 40 Well, no, points? it's not that. It's just like on the graph. You know how it tells you like your standard deviation? Mine's like 40 something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you're bouncing around a little bit. Yeah. So why do you think that is? Because I don't pay quite as much attention as I should. Does that mean you don't pre-bullish your meals? Or does that mean as it's going up, you don't do anything about it? Um, I pre-bullish not always as much as I should. It seems like when I do pre-bullish, like I've been working on that more because I'm like, oh, I'm getting on the podcast. He's going to ask if I pre-bullish. <laughs> um, and then I'll drop low. And then my mom's like, oh my God, what's going on? And I'm like, well, you know what? It just doesn't always work the way you want it to. How low? Um, oh, it'll go like into like the 50s or 60s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, which isn't the end of the world. So when, you, so when you pre-bullish a meal and you get into the 50s or 60s like while you're beginning to eat, do you ever spike after that? Um, I have to think about it. Um. No, not really. I mean, it, it keeps me lower. See, I haven't done the basal test that you tell us we should do because I'm on the control IQ and I don't know how to basal test on it. Well, can you just shut the control IQ part off and just use it like a regular pump? Oh, yeah, probably so. Yeah. yeah. And then I'll just do, do it. We just did this <laughs> okay. with Arden. So, <clears throat> Kelly, do you mind me yeah. telling you a story here? Yes, I'd love to hear a story. Wait, let me just drink a little water. <clears throat> So Arden left for the college last week. And yeah. how um, are you? I mean, it was easier than when I took my son. I think yeah. I had some perspective. I knew what it was going to feel like. And yeah. I almost cried in the shower on the first day in the hotel when we dropped her because we stayed a couple of days because she's so far away. Right. And uh, I didn't. I sucked it back in. And I thought, I'll just save <laughs> this for the day we leave, you know. Um and then when we were standing in her room saying goodbye to her, I I cried then. And Aww. I tried to tell her something, but every time I tried to speak, I would cry. So I just I just sort of said to her, I was hugging her and I said, I want to tell you something, but I can't because I can't stop crying. <laughs> so I just left. Aww, that's so, sweet. <laughs> so um so we we left and um my my biggest battle was as we drove away. I fought the um I got a real big uh, adrenaline kick like I was doing the wrong thing. 
do you know what I mean? Like I should go get her or stay with right. her, like that feeling. Right. And then I had to fight through that adrenaline. And we had two cars. My son was with me and my wife, Kelly, was driving the other car. And and Cole was driving. And he's like, are you all right? And I said, have you ever been so angry you've cried? And he said, yes. And I go, I'm not angry, but I'm not sad in the moment either. Like, I'm literally, like, fighting off that adrenaline feeling. Like, I'm so jacked up, I, I'm upset. And, and he's like, he's like, what would fix it? I was like, it would fix it if you would drive back there and we would live with Arden. <laughs> or <laughs> <laughs> And uh, um, I was like, just keep going. But it, it, it lasted for a little while, and then, you know, it passed. Um, we talked to her last night. She's doing terrific. But the reason I bring all this up is because, and I'll talk about it in another episode, but we figured something out about Arden's digestion. I don't know why I'm, let me clear my throat. <clears throat> I apologize. <clears throat> we figured something out about Arden's digestion, but we only figured it out a few weeks before she left for school. And it was something she had been struggling with for years. And... The thing we did, which again, I'll talk about in another episode, probably will come up long before you hear this one. Um, it changed her insulin needs significantly. And so over the month that we were doing this thing, I was seeing her insulin needs change, seeing her insulin needs change. And as her stomach was kind of healing, this is my expectation, her insulin needs became less and less, I'm assuming because food was flowing through her more efficiently. So by the time we got to the trip to Georgia, which took, you know, 14 hours in the car, she was on the lower side the day we drove down, but we were very sedentary, like, you know, obviously sitting still and, you know, car rides, generally long car rides, people's blood sugars go up. Right. And I remember thinking on the way down, it's so weird that her blood sugars are good in this car ride like this, because I thought for sure we were going to have to give her more insulin for the ride. So we get there, and then that overnight, her blood sugars are a little low. We had trouble bringing them up. The next day, they were on the low side. That night, she goes to bed for the first time in her dorm room. And you have to imagine, all I wanted for her was to not have problems with her diabetes on the first day, you know? Right, like I just, right. I just, I didn't want that for her. We're only up the block in a hotel, and her blood sugar got low and stayed low all night long. Like, we were up texting all night. Like, drink this, uh. do that. To the point where at, like, 4 o'clock, she's like, why is this happening? And I said, I think we need to, like, reassess all of your settings. Because you just don't seem like you need this insulin anymore. So the next day, uh, we got up. I thought about it for a while. I texted Jenny. I was like, this is what I'm thinking. Does this make sense? And she's like, it does. I was like, okay. <clears throat> and I picked a static basal rate. I Arden's looping again with um right. with Omnipod. I opened the loop and created just a, a regular insulin pump situation. I put her basal lower than I thought it would even need. And then I watched it for the morning. And Arden, throughout that morning, through, um, you know, traveling around, shopping at Target for things, you know, um, et cetera, getting her room, you know, buying extra stuff for her room, her blood sugar was very, very steady at 110 with a 0.5, I 
an hour basal rate. Wow. Now, the two days before that, Arden's basal rate during the day was 1.1. So I was like, okay, I'm going to guess that somewhere in here, 0.6 maybe would be a good basal for her because she was holding at 110. I don't want her to sit at 110. I might make it 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7 in that range somewhere. And then we um, we picked, I, I looked at her, her insulin to carb ratio, which is aggressive at four and a half, you know, four and a half, yeah, four and a half carbs for each unit. And I was like, well, this is probably wrong too. So I just changed it to 10. And I said, we're going to bolus a couple of meals and see what happens. Um, the part that like was bizarre was that after we had a, a higher blood sugar that we had to correct, we corrected it, you know, to see what we thought maybe her insulin sensitivity was. So I think she was like 160 or so. And I was like, give yourself a unit. We're just going to let this play out for the next three hours. Like, I don't care what your blood sugar does. I want to watch it. And, uh, I ended up setting her insulin sensitivity at 70 from 40, wow. from 42. So now all of a sudden I've got these settings, 0.5 an hour, um, one unit per 10 carbs, 70 insulin sensitivity instead of 42. And I was like, all right, let's look at what happened here. So we did another meal bolus. Uh, it didn't work. We needed a correction. I figured the, I, I took the, the amount that, that the, um, the correction used to get her level again. At that point, I think I, I closed the loop. I let the loop fix a a meal rise. And then I took the amount of insulin the loop used to correct the meal rise. And I, you know, reverse engineered it to get it into her insulin to carb ratio. Right. And, and I ended up making her insulin to carb ratio something like, I forget what it is right now, seven, six or seven in that range. Um, right. And then her blood sugar for the next three days was insanely good. Super stable, no lows. Uh, overnight terrific um huh. but but look at how much it changed just because food's not sitting in her stomach anymore after she eats and she's going to the bathroom on a better schedule that's interesting because yeah, i do have some digestion issues so that very well could play a part i need to look into that yeah so what we ended up doing for all the things and like i said i'll make an episode about it but just to bring it all into context here uh, i won't give you the big story but what ended up happening was is that Arden's stomach hurt for years. Like, she's always like, my stomach hurts, my stomach hurts. She started having these weird, like, um, I can't eat this, I don't want that, I'm hungry today, I'm not hungry. That's my son, yeah. yeah. Going to the bathroom intermittently a couple times a week if she's lucky. You, right. You know, like that kind of stuff. <clears throat> so we tried going like the normal medicine. Well, first of all, in fairness, we tested and did everything under the sun that a person with autoimmune diseases would do. Nothing came back positive. Right. So eventually we go kind of the normal medicine route. We take her to a gastro. He looks down in her stomach and says, you know, there's still food here from last night. And I was like, oh, geez. And he goes, and there's a lot of inflammation in her stomach. And he took some biopsies. And it, there was no H. pylori, which I guess is something they look for. Right. And, um, and he looks at us and says... Here and he starts giving us all this medication. This is for the pain. This is for this. this. I'm like, what my I'm like, my 18 year old's going to take like three medications for stomach pain. I'm like, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> you know, like this doesn't make any sense. And then he says she has gastroparesis, 
And I go, oh. and I go, no, she doesn't. Like I see her insulin. I know how her insulin works. I know what happens when you have gastroparesis. This is not that. And he goes, well, that's a, it's a term we use. And I said, well, in the diabetes community, it's not a word you throw <laughs> around. Okay. I was like, right. so, <laughs> yeah. and he goes, so this guy knows nothing about diabetes. He goes, well, she could have it. And I was like, well, she doesn't because, because <laughs> she doesn't. Like, I'm like, I, I, I've never once given Arden insulin and she's crashed because her stomach's not digesting. I'm like, she, her digestion is slow. She has gastritis right now, which she's probably had for years. And I was like, and we need to heal her stomach to get past this. And he goes, well, um, here, do this gastroparesis diet, which was like, don't eat anything raw, nothing with skin, um, no meat, like, you know, nothing that digests slowly. And he goes, and this will heal her stomach over time. And I was like, how much time? And, you know, so we start doing it a, a month before Arden's going to leave for college. She's on this restrictive diet. She's absolutely miserable. It is not fixing anything that I can tell. And um, at least not fast enough because she's going to leave for school in a month. And I'm like, all right. I'm saying to myself is there is no way that given the choice between this diet and stomach pain, Arden's going to choose stomach pain. Like she's not going to do this if she's not with us, you know? Right. So we're like a week or so into this restrictive diet and she just wakes up and she obviously was beginning to feel a little better because she craved a hamburger. And so she was hungry. She's like, dad, I would love a cheeseburger. And I was like, okay, if you do the, something for me. And so we talked about it a little bit. We drove to a health food store and I said to the, the lovely lady there, I want some digestive enzymes, something to help break my daughter's food down. And uh, she gave me something, and I was like, great. And um, and we left, and I said, all right, eat your cheeseburger, take two of these pills. She takes two of the pills, eats her cheeseburger, blood sugar never goes over 110. It was five guys. It was fries. It was. I love five guys. It, it, oh. was, it was a milkshake, and it was a cheeseburger. Oh, she yeah. ate it all. Her blood sugar didn't spike. And better than that, her stomach didn't hurt. Interesting. And the next day, she went to the bathroom. Now, she got very annoyed with me asking her every day if she had pooped. That she did not like. Dad, I am not telling you if I pooped, blah, 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 et cetera. Uh, like, so, I can tell from your blood sugar. <laughs> so, yeah, don't worry. I know. And so, um, she, she, I have to basically keep after her to take these pills for about a week. Well, about a week into it, she goes to have a meal and she says to me, hey, where are those digestive enzymes at? And I said to my wife, I was like, uh-oh, this is working. Like she's, she knows it's working because she's asking for them versus us being like, hey, don't forget you're eating, take these. Um, before you knew it, she bought herself a pill case and started traveling with them. Mm. We left How the far in advance does she take them? She takes them while she's eating. Okay, just pops it in and yeah, starts eating. or afterwards. Take them right after is fine. Okay, close. Yeah, so, um, so then, you know, a week or two into it, I'm like, you know, you're still not going to the bathroom as much as I want you to. We added magnesium oxide. Is that right? Hold on a second. There's a couple that you can do. Yeah, yeah. but there's not, though, if you talk to the Russian lady at the health food store. So hold on a second. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, yeah. So the woman's like, you, you'll take magnesium. And she looks at Arden because now, you know, Arden went from the first time we went to the health food store while we were on our way to the cheeseburger. Arden's like, I'm staying in the car. I don't care about this. 
The next time we went back, she's like, I'm going to come in with you. I was like, okay. So now we're talking with the lady and she says, you're not, you're not eliminating. I forget how she said it. This is my Russian (laughs) accent. I don't even know she's Russian. She had a really crazy accent. She's like, you are not eliminating. And Arden goes, uh, not every day. (laughs) And she goes, we will do magnesium. And I said, oh, we have some at home. And she goes, it has to be oxide. And I was like, I don't know if I have that, so I'll just buy more. And I didn't. So we had tried magnesium in the past, but we tried the wrong blend of it or something like that. Right, I don't yeah. Know. How, what do I know about magnesium? So I said, Arden, I'm like, all right, take one of these at night and see what happens. And she started going to the bathroom on a better schedule. And so digestive enzymes, I'm so sorry I can't clear my throat today. Digestive enzymes for this, for her digestion, this magnesium oxide to make poopies, and (laughs) everything is just rolling along now. And she needs less insulin. Significantly less insulin. Interesting. Half, I mean, her her insulin sensitivity from 42 to 70. I might adjust it a little. I'm watching it today, and today I'm not certain if we, excuse me, I'm not certain if we have, I'm looking at her blood sugar, you just heard Night Scout there for a second. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if we have a bad site right now or if the settings need a little bit of adjustment now that classes have begun. Right. Because I think she's getting, she's got a little bit of that school adrenaline in her. Um, yeah. So I'm looking at that. She just had a pretty big meal and her blood sugar staying super stable around 140. So I think, I think we need to move a couple of things. <clears throat> Sorry. Give me a second, please. So, so I think we might be making some adjustments. But anyway, the digestion thing is huge. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, well, and I take a Zempic. Okay, does that keep it moving or slow it down? That slows it down. Mm. Yeah. Why are you taking that? <laughs> well, um, when I was... First diagnosed, well, I don't know when I started it. It's been like two years ago, maybe. Um, my A1C was like in the low sevens, and I just could not get it lower. Mm-hmm. And I gained weight, and I was having a hard time getting, you know, in, like nothing was moving the scale. And so my doctor put me on it, and it was it was hard to titrate up. I will tell you, it made me really sick. And now knowing what I know, it was actually gastroparesis type symptoms I was having. Um, but I didn't really know that at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it curbs my appetite, so I'm not hungry and I just take it once a week. I don't even really think about it. It's probably not, I don't know if it's a bad thing to take long-term, but I mean, my A1C is lower and I'm not hungry and I lost weight. So it kind of makes me feel happy that when the doctor brought it up was, were they saying things like insulin resistant? No, they didn't no. say any of that. Okay. I He just said, you know, he, we have a medication we give to type twos. We can try it. He said it helps with um, uh, with weight loss and will lower your A1C. I mean, he didn't call it insulin resistant. Instead of instead of metformin, was that ever said? No, they tried. They put me on metformin that like first week that I was diagnosed, you know, and then when they figured out it was type one and not type two, they they took it away. Okay, because the reason I asked is because while, while this was all going on with Arden, you know, we've been talking with Addie, who's the lady who did the um, thyroid episode with me, who right. is Arden's endo for, 
I don't know. She's Arden Zendo for a lot of stuff, although technically Arden Zendo is the children's hospital. But eh, anyway, <laughs> um, <clears throat> so we're talking to Addie and she's like, listen, you know, if this next thing you try here with her stomach doesn't help, I think we should put her on metformin. And I was like, really? And she goes, yeah. I'm like, why? And because she's like, well, so Arden also had this like really bad acne, like, like for years that she just couldn't make anything like she just couldn't get rid of it. Right. And what ended up helping that was I'm getting this spelling, which we're going to talk about on the podcast. Okay. So. We had gotten down to being like, does Arden have PCOS? Like, what's going yes. on? Right? My friend's daughter has that metformin really helped her. Mm, okay. So we began using Ovacetol. It's a over-the-counter drug. Not drug. It's a powder. I don't know what the hell right. it is. Okay. Um, and she uses, like, a scoop of it a day, you dissolve it in water or another drink, and you drink it. And, and what's it for? I, listen to me, Kelly. I don't know. I was just told, <laughs> I was told, try this, right? And I'm like, okay, so I'm trying to find what's in it right now for you because it's a very simple. I mean, but it was for her acne or it was for, we don't know why we took it. Well, it was. Because we had gone through everything else that could possibly be wrong with Arden in the world. And we all just landed on, it seems like she has a hormonal imbalance. Right. Because that nothing else made sense. Arden's periods were 11 or 12 days long. She'd get a two-day break in between them. Her bleeding was incredibly heavy. She'd get a bloody nose out of nowhere. Like her, like yeah. her, her acne was terrible. She went on a pill the pill, not a pill, the pill, and it did not touch the acne. She gained weight because of the pill. It did shorten her periods um, and stop the nosebleeds. So we were did like, she have the Gardasil vaccine? No, we didn't give that to her. Okay. Um, that's the one for uh, HPV. Yeah, yeah. She didn't have that one. Oh, that one can cause some hormonal issues. Yeah. We told her, we just said no oral sex. No, we didn't say that. <laughs> just, we just said, we just didn't do it. Um, and so, uh, so anyway, so you know, before we try metformin, let's try this over-the-counter thing, this Ovacetol. So she's on it for a month, and things are looking better. And then all of a sudden, six weeks into it, she gets her first, you know, she gets her period, and we're like, all of us have like our fingers crossed. And her period is shorter than it usually is. And it stopped. And now we're just watching it like, God, it's not going to start again, right? And it didn't start again. Hmm. And then the next month, her period was a regular amount of time. And the nosebleed stopped. And then the third month, her period was the regular amount of time. And we were like, holy hell, this powder um, is... It, it it seems to have like fixed her. I don't even know another way to say it. Really, like it right. just it fixed her, balanced problems. her. Yeah, and her and her acne started to trend in the right direction. And we were like, all right, cool, let's keep doing this. But her stomach still hurt. Like none of that was going away. And you know, and that's tough because when you have these problems, 
you're like, oh my God, look, they're all like, so many of the problems are getting better, but then this part didn't. And you're like, holy shit, just like, oh, come on. Like, really? You know what I mean? So that's when we did the endoscopy uh, to look in her stomach. Ovacetol, am I saying it right? I should say it right. Ovacetol has myo, oh God, inositol in it, and D chiro inositol. So it's M-Y-O-N-I-O-S-I-T-O-L and D-C-H-I-R-O-I-N-O-S-I-T-O-L. <laughs> That's what these two things are. Who the hell okay. knows what it is? I couldn't be. I don't know. Okay. In our house, we call it uterus water. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> we also call it lady water. And lady uh, water. her friends call it her vagina juice. So, oh, um, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Um, sometimes the, uh, her friends would pick up her glass and drink and Arn be like, yo, my, uh, my uterus water is in there. And they're like, I want my uterus to be better too. And you know, they oh, just, so it, anyway, so who knows this thing, this powder just straightened Arden's life out 85%. And then wow. the enzymes at the meal seems like it was the rest of it and the magnesium to make the poopy. So, okay, um, well, I'm on some of that for myself and for one of my kids who's having, still has issues undiagnosed. So, one of my boys. When this starts with her, I think, you know, gosh, a lot of what happens to Arden with food in the bathroom, I've noticed that through my life as well. So, in the beginning, when she was taking the enzymes, I'm like, look, I'll take them with you. And I've had to take, for years, I've had to take fiber to kind of help my process. I remember hearing about mm-hmm. that because you couldn't get it during COVID. And I don't need the fiber now if I do the enzymes. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So I was like, all right. So on the ride home from college, my son and I were talking about it. My son goes, I'll try that. And I was like, okay. So I went out yesterday and bought him a bunch of enzymes. And I said, here, just take take these when you eat. All right. Email me a picture of it when we get off. So I know exactly which ones to go buy. I got one so I got one from our local health food store, which I think is just made by them. And I've also used the one by Pure. Pure makes them as well. Right. Okay. Um, and those are the only two that I've seen so far. And they've both, yeah, Pore Encapsulations Digestive Enzymes Ultra, I started using. And then I just decided if my daughter is going to use these other ones, I'll, I'll just use those. So I'm just using the ones from hers. And I don't know if everybody has like a Black Forest um, Acres health food store near them, but I'm using their their in-house product. Gotcha. Okay. Called Superzymes. And it was magnesium oxate, not the yes. calcid or whatever that one is. Okay. Yeah. And that's just once a day. And... I, I hadn't taken it at all. I was like, ah, I don't need that. But yesterday I was like, whatever, I'm going to do everything she's doing so I know how it's impacting her. And uh, I did notice at work yesterday um, with some exuberance. <laughs> so you take it at night or in the morning? You're going to have to figure that out yourself, Kelly. I'm not a doctor. Nothing you can do. <laughs> oh, now you're not a doctor. I'm okay. just <laughs> telling you what I'm doing. I can't give you direct. No, I don't know. I so honestly. Yeah, so you taking it at day or night? I took it during the day yesterday, and it made okay. me it made me say to myself, "Tomorrow I'm going to take it at night." <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was wanting to know. Okay, <laughs> so I'm going <laughs> to so I'm going to try it tonight when I go to bed instead of during the day today. Gotcha. And, and okay, I'm on it. I'm on it. But anyway, here here's the real thing, right? Like all this, you hear us talking about on the all the time how you're balancing 
you know, the action, the action of the insulin against the impact of the carbs. And the impact of the carbs really means the carbs that are in your body as your body is leaching out, you know, the sugar and it's going into your into your bloodstream. It, that that availability, that food availability has a lot to do with how long it's in your stomach and how long it digests. Right. Think right. about pizza and or, or a fat rise or all of that stuff. Like what would happen if food just moved through you more quickly? And is there and this is the first time I'm going to sound like a hippie, I think, but is there a relationship between diabetes or thyroid stuff or whatever and how long your food's taken to get out of you? Right. Right. So I don't want to cause a run on digestive enzymes, but for 20 bucks, it's worth trying. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's all I got. All right. Just over here trying to fix my daughter and maybe somebody else will benefit from it too. Uh, Absolutely. Well, and I mean, I've been going down this rabbit trail for five or six years with one of my boys. And I mean, finally they said he had SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And that was the uh, functional medicine doctor and the GI doctor came to the same conclusion at the same time or pretty close. So one was doing alternative med stuff on him and he was starting to feel better by the time the GI doctor said it was SIBO and they gave him a antibiotic. I think it's called uh, Zafrin, it starts with an X, like X I or X Y F I A R N or something. Anyway, it stays contained in the colon um, or in the intestines all the way through. It doesn't leach out into your body, um, and that that's given him a little relief. But gluten and dairy and soy are horrible for him, and gluten and dairy for my daughter. So maybe the digestive enzymes will help. We we were in Georgia for five days maybe so um we were supposed to stay we i think we got down there on tuesday night we all stayed in a hotel wednesday we moved arden into her room wednesday night was the first night arden stayed in her dorm we stayed wednesday night thursday night friday night we were going to stay saturday night and then go home sunday but we said kind of realized on saturday afternoon like we're going to get up early in the morning and we're not going to see her in the, early in the morning and right and she's got homework tonight and everything already. So we're not going to see her tonight. So we said goodbye to her on Saturday afternoon. We got back to the hotel. My wife's like, I need to get out of here. She's like, I can't just sit here with her being three blocks away and I'm not going to talk to her and I'm not going to see her. She's like, I need this process to start. I need to leave. So we, um, we just jumped in the car and went. But my point is, is that I was there like four or five nights and my, I, I need to find a better word for this, right, right? But the process that food goes through me while I'm traveling is not great. And so when I travel or I fly, I'm always like just dosing myself with fiber to keep everything going. And most people have that where it's, I don't know what the word is. They call it traveler's diarrhea, but that's kind of the opposite. But a lot of people just slow down when they're not home. Nothing works right. Yeah. Well, I, and it's definitely the opposite for me. Um, although I would love to call this episode traveler's diarrhea, but I don't think I can. And, um, <laughs> but let's keep that in mind for a future episode. <laughs> and, uh, and so this time I was just like, screw it. I'm taking these enzymes when I eat and I am not going to take any fiber and I'm just going to see what happens. And it was, uh, it was 150% better than it's ever been for me. And, hmm. and I was also not restrictive with how I ate which I'm usually, when I travel, I stay really light. I stay very low carb. I eat more like like animal protein, stuff like that. 
And I didn't do that. Like I had French toast at breakfast one morning with like syrup and powdered sugar on it. I was like, this would you know normally... this is a diabetes group, right? Hey, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Arden had the same breakfast, by the way. We just my put... mouth is watering. Oh no, I eat it all the time. <laughs> yeah, I have no problems. So I'm well, just saying you're making my mouth water. I scraped the the powdered sugar off of it. I have to be honest. I don't know what you people are doing in the South, but it was like it looked like somebody threw it on with like a fist. <laughs> it's like they grabbed yeah. a handful, and I was like, I am not eating this, and I scraped oh, it yum. off. Uh, but but my point is, that I was fine the whole way through, and so was Arden. And after we adjusted her settings, so was her blood sugar. I'll tell you right now, even though I say it constantly, I am doubling down on it. Settings. Everything is settings. Everything. Settings, settings, yeah. settings, settings, settings. Your settings have to be right. Don't go along going, I don't know why I'm getting low. Like, Kelly, you shouldn't be getting low after you play tennis. Your settings aren't right. You yeah, know tennis mean? is really hard for me because, like, one match, I think it was not yesterday, but the day before I played and I was high the entire match. The next match I played the next morning, high, almost the entire match. Then that evening, low the entire match, you know, and, and obviously, cause I'd already played the two other matches, but like some matches I'm high, some matches I'm low and it depends on the heat and the, you know, sure. how hydrated I am. There's so many factors aside from just my settings that go into it. Um, but, you know, as soon as I think I have it figured out, then something slightly changes, like the weather in Oklahoma. Yeah. But, well, I'll tell you, I'm going to share a text I sent to Arden this afternoon. So, actually, so, like I said, she's been a little high the last, like, 24 hours, like, more like the 130s, like, very stable at 130. And so, I said to her this morning, hey, good morning. I said, the pod is struggling to bring your blood sugar down. So let's try an override to get you through your classes. And we did that. We moved uh, on loop. We made our override like 130%, targets of 90 for four hours. It held her right around 120 during her class. Um, and I said, I think now I'm like, I think the site's weird. Let's make a bolus. Like, let's just throw in insulin to see what happens. So she pushes in two units. I don't see anything happen. I'm like, all right, so maybe it's the site. Or maybe it's her basal you know, is a little weak or maybe our insulin sensitivity is a little weak. Like maybe it was great while we were adjusting it in those first couple days, but now she's getting up and she's going to class. We're going to need to be a little more aggressive. So I sent her this text that said, if the bolus works well, she just made a meal bolus. I said, um, we're going to make adjustments to your insulin sensitivity. If it doesn't, I'm going to think about maybe the site needs to be changed, but that seems odd because it's only been on for about 48 hours or maybe you're dehydrated because it's hot there. And right. so, like, those are the three things that I'm thinking about right now as I'm watching what's happening to her blood sugar. You can't. And it's amazing what hydration does, especially when it's so humid here. Like, right now, we're only 80 degrees, but the humidity is still really high. So, even I played a match when it was 104, and there were women dropping like flies. I'm like, I don't know. My pancreas doesn't work, but my, my cooling system's really good, you know. But I was very hydrated. I didn't have any problems, but um, that humidity will suck it right out of you. I wonder how much of your hyperthyroidism has to do with you feeling doing well with the heat or if it doesn't, yeah, I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I am. Um, I'm as close to being an autoimmune scientist now as I've ever been in my life. I'm so, interested well, I know that's why I was so excited to talk to you. I'm like, he's yeah. going to be able to help me. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we've been chatting away about things we were never going to talk about. So do you have questions or things you want to talk about? 
Um, no, actually I was interested in, yeah, kind of your thoughts on the thyroid and I'm happy to hear about all this digestive stuff. Cause I think I can think of three people in my immediate clan that are going to be looking at those. So no, that's fantastic. When I was like eight or nine years old, I can remember I used to go out with my cousins a lot and my uncle owned a sheet metal shop that many years later I ended up working in that was maybe 20 minutes or so from his home. And so he was aware of a pizza joint around the sheet metal shop that they like. So if I stayed at my cousin's house, we would often drive this 20 minutes to this pizza place, drive past my uncle's shop to the pizza place, have pizza. And inevitably, we'd leave there and I'd be like, I need you to stop. I need to use the bathroom. And so we would stop at his place, a a sheet metal shop in the middle of the night, (laughs) which was creepy as hell. And I'd wander through and use this dirty, filthy Oh my God, just <laughs> filthy restroom. And um, and then we'd make it the 20 minutes back to his to his house, and then I wouldn't feel good all night. And I remember even as a child being like, my cousin goes into the bathroom and he's back out in a few minutes and he's okay. Like, why is like why doesn't that happen for me? Y- you know, and I I just struggled my whole life with it. And it just never it never got better. I, I think that part of my eating, like the weird way I eat is, is something that I've adapted to not, not to not feeling sick. Right. You know, without even knowing it, because all these things we talk about now and, you know, in a, in a modern society, like growing up in the eighties, like you, you just, you were Scott who was in the bathroom. You know what I mean? Like there was nobody was like, I wonder what's wrong with them. There's like, this guy can't handle pizza. It, it wasn't, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it wasn't any bigger thoughts than that. Um, And so, I mean, I don't know, like it, it's had a, it's had a bad effect on my life because if I try to eat more food, that's what my body seems to want. But then I just gain weight, even though I'm not eating very much. And so maybe everything's just sitting in me too long is it's yeah. is, is what I'm wondering. So I'm doing the same thing Arden's doing. So I'm interested to see what happens to me as well. So what you mentioned metformin. So did they put her on metformin? No, because the ovacetol worked so well. Because that worked so well, she didn't need the metformin. It came off okay. the table. That, that idea, that was our next more aggressive step if the ovacetol didn't help. Ovacetol's mm-hmm. reviews are insane. Like, there are some people who take it and go, look, what was wrong with me didn't change. This didn't help me. Fair enough. But there are people who say, women, I can't get pregnant. I take this stuff, and two months later, I'm pregnant. Like, these people have been these people have been trying to have a baby for years, and they start taking this thing, and all of a sudden, pregnant. You Interesting. Know? Um, well, I don't have a uterus or ovary, so it's probably not going to be the magic potion Did for you me. lose them, Kelly? Where are they? I did. Gave yeah, no, I had them all removed at 41, actually. What? Why? Um, I had, um, well, didn't know I had endometriosis, oddly, because, I mean, I got pregnant super easy with all four kids, um, but was having really bad pain and um, really heavy bleeding. And so when they went in to um, do just basic hysterectomy, he said my ovaries were all strangulated um, with endometrial, you know, whatever, endometriosis. So they took it all. You know, earlier when I asked if your daughter's lupus had changed over the years, it was a question based on how many times doctors have said to me while talking about my daughter, you know, girls this age just sometimes struggle. 
And I'm like, that's a medical opinion? <laughs> Girls this age just sometimes struggle? What do you mean? You, you, you know what I mean? Like, oh, we see this. Girls get stomach pain after they start getting their periods, blah, blah, blah. You know, sometimes they grow out of it. That's what they told me about my son. He was throwing up everything he ate. And they're like, well, some kids just throw up. I'm like, that's not yeah, true. Yeah, no, no, that, that's not. <laughs> I've going been on to here. Disneyland. None of those children were vomiting while we were walking around. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. So they're like, well, some of them, I've had kids like this. They just grow out of it when they get to college. Well, that hasn't happened either. So yeah, thanks. or 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 maybe they just find a way to eat around everything that's bothering them, and then the, we go to the next simple answer, which is like, "Oh, you can't handle dairy," or "You can't." Because listen, I could easily tell you that there have been times in my life you could have easily said to me, "Scott can't handle dairy." There are easily times in my life you could have said that to me, except I, I can. Yeah, I just sometimes. like like yeah, my body's just not doing something it should do. Yeah. You know, so. Um, we did do the stomach emptying studies on my son, and that did not yield any slowness, according to them. But I still think digestive enzymes might be. They wanted Arden to do out. that test, and she was supposed to do it a week before school. And I said, I do. She does not need this test. And my wife said, come on, let's just do it. I was like, "I." she doesn't need it. And actually, I talked to Jenny, and Jenny's like, I don't see why in the world Arden would take this test. Even Jenny's like, Arden does not have gastroparesis. But not right. gastroparesis like it's thought of in the diabetes community. Just not the in, paralysis. Yeah, yeah, in the clinical sense of the word. So right. everybody who's around diabetes thinks gastroparesis, and they hear the word and they think one thing. But it has just a very, like, a very technical term. It's a disease in which your stomach can't empty itself of food in a normal fashion. That's right. it. That's what gastroparesis is. And you can have that without having diabetes. Correct. If yeah. you if you have people who have diabetes sometimes have out-of-control blood sugars, which make this happen to them quickly uh, or more significantly than you know what you see in the normal population, from my understanding. And right. so the guy was just using the term with Arden, like he uses it with anybody. Oh, Arden has a slowing of her digestion. We call that gastroparesis. Right. And, and I, he didn't even realize, I think the, the impact that the word would have on us. Like when he said it out loud, I was like, wait, what? Like, I know, right? It's like fear. Yeah. I got to tell you, if, if Arden has gastroparesis caused by diabetes, I'm good. I'm moving everyone in the garage and turning the car on. Like I just, I, 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 I give the fuck up, Kelly. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't sleep. I keep her blood sugar amazing. Like her A1C and her variability and everything. I was like, like if that's, I just give up. If that's it, right? Like, yeah, right. Absolutely. Like, yeah. And so I was like, that's not right. And and I talked to Jenny. Jenny and I talked privately about it a bunch, and she's like, I can't see it. She's like, I just, I don't see how that could be true. And so ignoring the doctor, skipping the very expensive test he wanted Arden to take, and just going to the health food store and buying $30 worth of pills, straightened her out. And I don't mean like over time. I mean immediately. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm going to buy it. My son's getting it this weekend, and then so is my daughter. Give and so a, am I. I'm going to start it too. Give it. A, well, that's why I did it originally, because I was like, I have enough of this concern. I also started thinking that... I'm probably more like you. Like, you know, like if there's nothing you can do about it, just shut up and keep going. 
right, great, right. That, that thing. And I wondered, I didn't ignore all this stuff because it was Arden and look at all the things we figured out. But when it was me, I was like, you know, don't be a baby, Scott, just keep going. Right. So I was like, why don't I? It is hard. Yeah, because when it's your kids, I mean, you put so much time and effort into them and you kind of fall on that back burner to a degree. Um, not in a bad way, but I mean, I just do it. I mean, I don't do it as well as you do. And if it were my kid, I'd like to think I would do a better job. Um, but now that everybody's gone, I'm like, okay, it's time for mom to get yeah. serious. You know, not that, I mean, six, five is not a bad A1C, but yeah, I know it could be better. It's lovely. You're doing great. I think you just have, you probably have a couple of settings that are slightly off that are causing your bouncing around and then that's what I would imagine is your issue. And, you know, it sounds like even when you pre-bolus, you might even be pre-bolusing too long. So, right. so I think your settings are just a little skewed somewhere. So I need to get a hold of Jenny. Just dial it in or and Scott. get going. I mean, I could do it, but I'm very busy, Kelly. Also, I know, right? Also, I'm not busy a doctor. With busy being an empty nester, I know. Uh, yeah, I'm also not a doctor. It would be very inappropriate if I helped you with that. <laughs> well, you know, it's all good. It's all We take it all with a grain of salt. Although I fixed know. Arden's while I was walking around Target, and I was pretty impressed with myself. When I did. Everyone's going crazy, and I'm like, I'm yelling to Kelly. I'm like, I forget what I said to her. I said something like, I was figuring out her, I was trying to figure out her, um, the insulin sensitivity. I was like, take this number and divide it by 1800 real quick. And she's like, what? I'm like, just do it. <laughs> just do it. I need the answers. Yeah. I need to dive in and learn a little bit more about it because I, like I said, I had an hour's worth of training. I've learned more in the podcast than anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, the first time I listened to the podcast, I didn't love it. Yeah. I'm hard but- to get used to. No, it wasn't oh, oh. that. It wasn't you. It was that I popped on. Someone said, oh, listen to the juice box. So I got on the juice box and it was a story like this one. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to listen through hours and hours and pick the little bits and pieces out. And I need information. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then I realized that there was the, you know, pro tips and the, you know, you were developing those maybe when I started. But anyway, that is huge because you can get in and get really good meaty information and then listen through these stories when you're on your walk and you aren't needing to take notes, you can just, right. you know, take the tidbits with you. And um, so it's a really nice balance, but um, you know, this wasn't available when I started. Right. Well, listen, I'm I glad when I was, I, I'm very glad to hear you talk about it that way because when it started for me, I didn't expect that it would be what it is now. So I was just telling stories about how we handled things. And then right. people were like, you know, I've been listening to the podcast and my A1C is going down. And right. I was like, oh, it's because everything I do is in there somewhere. And right. Then I, See, think- I didn't start at the beginning. I started at the end, you know, kind of whatever yeah, sure. was current was what I was listening to. So I didn't even get the beginning stuff. It was in my cousin. When I got diagnosed type one, I was a type one for probably five years, maybe. Yeah, probably about five years. And my cousin, my first cousin. Her son was diagnosed. And so, of course, you know, she immediately calls me and, you know, we start going through all the stuff. And that's when I first heard the podcast and I told her, oh, you have to listen. And I called her back and said, no, don't do do not go listen (laughs) because I knew it was going to overwhelm her because she was very overwhelmed. Um, But then once I figured it out, I message her back. I'm like, okay, now I send people the little cheat sheet that you guys have that tells all the episodes. And yeah. 
And we and Jenny and I are doing that bold beginning series right now too, which I'm starting to see working for people who are newly diagnosed. So what what ended up happening is around 200 episodes. As I was approaching them, I was like, I can't expect people to listen to 200 episodes of this just to figure out how to pre bolus and that kind of stuff, right? Right. So that's when I contacted Jenny, who had only ever been a guest on the show, and I said, Can I ask you to help me? I told her what I was thinking, and we made the pro tip series with that. And then at the same time. I was like, if you want to keep doing this, I'd love to do definitions for people so they understand what all these words mean. And we then we right. did defining diabetes. And then from there, I was just like, do you want to do variables? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? You know, I was like, do you want to do a series for people when they're newly diagnosed? And let's do one about thyroid. And let's, you know, and now. Yeah, I- but that's super helpful because people can get in there and they can get, you know, a little short episode of really good info and mm-hmm. then go away and work on it. Yeah. And then they can go back and get the next one. and. It's not as time intensive as listening through our hour and a half podcasts, right? You know, trying to glean information. Yeah. So, no, it's fantastic. Thank I've you. I've loved it in the in the Facebook group as well. The best Facebook group out there. Oh, thank I mean, you. it's the only literally. Well, I won't say the only positive one, but pretty much. I mean, rarely do you get people that are super negative. Everybody's like supportive, and I get you, and mm-hmm. you know, it's it's very helpful and Some, they're very knowledgeable. Something kind of. Um, shit happened on the internet the other day where somebody took, somebody posted in my group, my private group, and it's a graph that's not pretty of their kid. And they're trying to figure out, you know, they're asking questions, trying to figure out what to do. And a, um, I guess what I would consider to be a, like an ultra low carb group is, um, I, I guess someone's in my group under a fake name because I can't find them. And oh. they screen captured this this person's graph and they used it in their group to say, you know, I, I, I don't know exactly what they said, but it wasn't pleasant. And you know, oh. I don't know why people are doing this to their children and stuff like that. And you know, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and I'm not okay with that. It's you yeah. know, the group rules. You can't take information outside of the group and everything. So I put up a very, like, like a very, like strongly worded post about it. And I just told people, I was like, again, you can't do this. If you do this, you're going to be blocked. If I, if I, if somebody tells me that in another group, somebody's making fun of somebody, I don't care if you made the post, but if I see you liked it or you're in it, or you've made a comment, in it, I'm like, you're out of here. Like this is yeah. a safe place for people. It, it, it needs to remain that way. Um, and what you see is that 99.9% of the response from people is like, thank you. This is what we need. And it really is only a small fraction of people who are otherwise, but once they're you know what I mean? Like, it, but it's like a, I guess it's like, yeah, a, it seems like about every three to six months you have to go in and do a, you know, a Scott reprimand on people. <laughs> and it's, it's funny. I'm like, Oh my God, it's hilarious. Yeah. What you say. I, I just, I'm just th- this last one, I was, I, I, I'll read it to you as we find, cause it, it, it makes the point, but there, most people are not like that. No, but it's like a fly in your soup. You know what I mean? If only 0.08% of your soup is fly, <laughs> That's still too much, (laughs) you know, and see, no, nobody, nobody wants that. Um, So every once in a while, you just have to go in and say to him, I said, uh, I'm sorry to have to post this, but from time to time, it becomes necessary to remind some people about basic civility. You are not (laughs) permitted to repost any images, graphs, or words that are, that you see shared in this group. If you do, you will be removed from the group and your account will be blocked. There are no second chances. If you are a person doing this, and you are hiding your true identity. Well, I find that particularly cowardice and would be happy to call you a piece of shit 
your face. Please, re- <laughs> please respond below uh, so that we can begin that dialogue. And uh, if you see any reposted materials online, please let me know so that anyone participating in this vile behavior can be removed from the group. Let me be clear about what that means. Let's say hypothetically that one group uses an image from here to shame a person, and then you in that other group participate in that conversation. You will also be removed from this group. No one that would assert a false moral superiority using a member of this group as cannon fodder is welcome here to take this a step farther. If you think it is okay to use another person to make your point, you should also leave the group immediately. There is nothing more important than the privacy and safety afforded by this group a group meant for people living with diabetes, not just the people whose decisions you agree with, but all people. If there this, you go. If this is a sentiment that you disagree with, please leave the group now. <laughs> so um, to the other 99.9% of you, I'm sorry that you had to see this and hope you have a pleasant evening. To the person who did this, I know who you are. I don't care why you think this is okay. I imagine that you're pretty pissed right about now, but please remember that as a courtesy, I did not identify your group. If you would please return the kindness by leaving my group and taking that post down, I would appreciate it. And to reiterate this sentiment that I've shared a million times before, I don't care what anyone believes, eats, smokes, loves, doesn't matter to me. If it matters to you, right on, do you. But in this space, we don't make people feel badly for these or any other reasons. You will not push your beliefs on others here. I get that some of you think that you're saving the world, but again, make your own group, start your own podcast, run a Skywriter, whatever makes you feel complete <laughs> is all good with me, unless you're going to repost something that a person shared here in confidence, because that is a bridge too far. So that's that. So yeah, about once, maybe twice a year, right? I yeah, I get to go to a creative writing class, and uh, I know, and it's hilarious. I mean, it's always really, really humorous to me because you just call them on the table just for. I mean, and it is it's 100 percent true. Just leave people alone. I've had people say, why didn't you send me this privately? I'm like, well, you do something crappy and then we get to privately handle it. I'm like, no, if you're going to be crappy in public, then you're going to get talked to about it in public. And everybody yeah. else needs to know that they their safety is going to be defended. And the rest of people who might do something like you, maybe they'll just leave on their own. I'm not looking to listen. I think that group is amazing. I think if you have problems managing insulin or managing the psychological aspects of diabetes, somebody in there will help you. And I think the same thing about the podcast. The podcast, if you want an A1C in the fives, just listen to this podcast. Carve out 800 hours, start at the beginning, listen to it. Your A1C is going to be 5.5 when you're done. 800 I, hours? I don't have it. You do, Kelly. Kidding. What are you doing? You, you played tennis all day yesterday. You're fine. I did. So, you're right. You're right. <laughs> and yeah. so, um, it, but but is everyone going to do it? No. Everyone's not going to listen to the podcast, and that's okay. I can't make them listen to it. Not everyone's going to be a, a, a nice person online. I'm not trying to make them be that. I'm just saying, if that's not who you are, if that's if you don't want to be involved in this thing the way it is, that's fine. Let's just go somewhere else. But right. don't come over here and you know shit in my pool. Like I'm, that's not okay. And <laughs> and and let's not pretend that that's not what we're talking about with some big nice words and being flowery about people's feelings and blah blah. No no, just be a person or get the f- out. That's it. It's super there you su- go. super simple. That's all. Super simple. Like Oklahoma. I said. Yeah, Oklahoma. You people can't drive in the snow, by the way. No, they can't. But I'm not from Oklahoma, so. Yeah, yeah. you said that earlier, but you've been there long enough. Yeah, but yeah. I lived in Connecticut. That's where. Oh. You I lived dr- most of my. You know how to well, drive not in the most. Snow. I guess I've lived most of my life here now, but yeah, <laughs> I can drive in the snow. Yeah, I bet you can. 
but yes. I don't know. No, Oklahoma all those horrible. trucks, all those trucks. Little bit of snow. Everybody panics, stays in their house. Well, yeah, because their pickup trucks are horrible in the snow. <sighs> Kelly, you throw a little weight in the back. It's fine. It's not a big deal. A couple cinder, <laughs> some cinder block, a couple bags of sand, something. Make the kids there sit back there. You don't think in Oklahoma you can still sit in the back of a truck? Probably could. Yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> All right. In the country. Anything All we right. haven't talked about, Kelly, that we should have? I don't think so. Cool. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate all you do. Oh, thank you so much. I, I'm yeah. very happy for uh, um, for how much the podcast is helping you. I'm I'm glad that maybe we talked about something here today that'll help your family. I would love it if it did, and, and if you would let me know. I surely will. Excellent. All right. Hold on one second. Right. Okay. A huge thank you to AG1. That's right, athleticgreens.com forward slash juicebox. Get that green drink. Start your day right. And Cozy Earth. With the offer code juicebox at checkout, you will in fact save 35% off every order all day long. Everything you buy at cozyearth.com. Use the offer code juicebox. And of course, Kelly, for coming on the show today and having this awesome conversation with me. Thank you so much. Guys, I hope you're enjoying the program. If you are, share it with somebody else. Don't forget to subscribe and follow and check out the private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back again very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.